0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. My name's Caleb, if we haven't met yet. And um, if we have met yet, my name is still Caleb. I always find myself saying that same thing. If we haven't met, my name's Caleb. Well, even if we have met, it's still Caleb. It's the name my parents gave me, and I'm going to stick with it. So good that you're here. Was anyone here this morning at Ormo? I just want to thank Pastor Byron. Pastor Byron, that was incredible, that message. It was really, really good. That was really good, Pastor B. He, he preached a message called Reinvent. If you weren't here, I'd encourage you to check it out. It's either online or uh, on the podcast. You can do that. But um, it was really, really good. And I, I think it's a message of where our church is and also heading. So I'm jumping on the back of that tonight. And I've titled this message Reinvent Discipleship. Um, This sort of discipleship has been a real focus of us and that's why I read that scripture because that one line in Ephesians 4 verse 12 to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that's what the job of the church is to do, the organisation of the church and we are the people, make up the church and we're all called to minister in every part of our world. But the best way I can describe this discipleship word is with another word that I know pretty well. It's called apprenticeship. Who here has done an apprenticeship or anything? This kind of sparked this thought for me from this book that I was reading from this guy, Dallas Willard. It was about spiritual formation and he, and he threw in this statement and this phrase and it kind of just rolled off his tongue but you know those moments when you're reading something and you're like, oh wow, that's awesome. He just said, oh yeah, and as we become an apprentice of Jesus or something like this and, and I was like, whoa, apprentice of Jesus, and it's kind of sparked all these thoughts in my mind, and I was sort of thinking about it for a couple of weeks, and then I read another book from a different guy called John Mark Comer, and he said the same phrase, he said, and then when I became an apprentice of Jesus, and I was like, oh wow, I love this language, this apprentice of Jesus. I did an apprenticeship, for those of you that don't know, it took me five years, I don't know why, Um, normally about four, I decided as a 17-year-old kid to sign up to do an extra year because... I was a sucker for punishment, nah. Nah, I sort of, I finished school, I didn't really know what to do with myself and I remember as a 17 year old kid thinking five years, that's like a lifetime away, five, how long is that? Five years. Now I have a six year old son, it's like, I felt like six years has gone like that yet, at 17, five years it feels like forever and ever, it feels like an eternity. And this idea around apprenticeship has been so stuck in my mind. You see, sometimes it seems like we want to know what God knows. We want to know everything about God, but we rarely want to do what he did or be what he was like or do what he wills. The power of Christianity is not in our doctrine, no matter how good it is. The power of Christianity cannot be in our theology alone, no matter how sound that is. I believe the power of our Christianity is always in the application I think that's why this apprenticeship language sticks out so well, because it's not that we sat in a university lecture and now we know everything there is about God. No, but that's, we get to get our hands dirty. We get to be a part of this, that we sort of co-labor with God and the Holy Spirit in affecting Christianity to our world. It's like this Bible I have here, like I can sit this on a shelf at home or in my office on the bookshelf and I can go, awesome, I have the best Bible in the world. It's gold edging. Jesus' words are in red. It's all the favorite things. This is a New King, King James Version because it's the one I like at the moment. I can have an epic Bible, but unless I open it, it's pointless. I can open my Bible and I can read it and I can become smarter and more intellectual and I can win more conversations with myself in my own head. Can I get, who does that? I can really seriously sort out myself, but unless I apply it, what, what good is this knowledge? What good is this text unless we're actually willing to apply it? Jesus also in his early life was an apprentice as well. The Greek word in the New Testament is tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N, tekton. You know, a lot of us trans, translate that to a carpenter. Other people think it could be a, a woodworker or a, like a stonemason, sort of a stone worker. But Jesus did an apprenticeship, most likely with his earthly dad, Joseph, when he was a young man. He was an apprentice as well. I think this influenced the way that Jesus taught. It's, I think it infiltrated the Gospels. I don't know if you can see that, how he taught there, if you've ever done anything like this, but it's definitely the way he taught through his parables. And it wasn't just knowledge that he received in the temple or a learning institution of the day, but it was every moment life presented, Jesus turned it into like a case study for those that were nearby, An apprentice doesn't simply become like book smart or head smart, but they learn the practical application of those skills. Can you get an amen? Amen. I met a guy this morning at church, he's a young doctor. And he's doing his placement at Gold Coast Uni Hospital and he's, you know, sort of going around doing these things and we're talking back and forth. I was like, oh, how cool is that? You know, you sort of like learn on the job. He's like, it's awesome. I get to, you know, be placed in all different areas and I get to see what sort of sparks my interest as a young doctor and I get to sort of manoeuvre my career from there. What a cool opportunity. This is what I'm talking about. I'm so passionate that we all can be apprentices of Jesus. 17-year-old Caleb felt like a lifetime ago. One of the things my apprenticeship taught me was perseverance. It was how to stick it out. I now know that perseverance is actually the fruit of the Spirit, but I just feel like I need to tell every young person in this room, sorry, can I just digress for a minute? Once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor, is that what they say? If you're under the age of 20, man, can I encourage you to stick to something? Like, finish what you start, it may not be where you want to end up. It may not be your dream career. It may not look as good as all your friends on Instagram, but there's just power in perseverance and finishing something. What you're doing right now doesn't have to be where you end up. Can I get an amen? I felt I learned a lot of perseverance in doing an apprenticeship. Five years, it was never ultimately what I wanted to do. I always felt like I was supposed to be working in a church full time, and it was that awkward. What are you doing in between? In between now... And then in between a 17-year-old kid and hopefully someone that may have enough life experience that someone might just listen to. I think we finish what we start. Paul in Galatians 5, when he's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, he, he calls perseverance long-suffering. Do you know what that means? It means you get to suffer for a long time. That's honestly what an apprenticeship is. It was awesome. I remember my first day of my apprenticeship, I... I um, signed up and I got to do it in town in Emerald. I grew up in central Queensland, a small town, and, um, which had its positives and also its disadvantages when it comes to an apprenticeship. I went to school with the daughter of my boss, who was the electrical business in town, and um, it was awesome. Like, my first day, he was um, I found out that my boss was a full-time electrician and sort of a part-time MMA enthusiast, which meant that the first year <laughs> apprentice got to be the, I kind of guess the test dummy for all the new MMA moves he had learnt the week before or the night before in his training. So you're there as a 17-year-old kid trying to look like a grown-up adult and, you know, he's like, oh, come here, and, you know, and he's choking me out and I'm trying to look cool with all the tradies around, being, meanwhile being choked out or thrown to the ground. It was a bit of fun, like it was pretty awesome, how good is that? I was never allowed to sit down in his apprentice. Has anyone experienced anything like this, like... Apprentices didn't sit down, like, and they weren't allowed in the office. Like, I either had a broom in my hand, or I was emptying the bin, or I was packing the shelves. Like, I could, like, I was honestly not allowed to sit down. Like, it was like, and he would just rip you. Like, I'm thankful for it now, I'm not in the moment. And um, he would just blow up. Like, if he saw a first year apprentice doing nothing, it was like, it was just fireworks. Like, it was on. Like, why am I saying all these stories? because perseverance is good for us. And there were so many times in these moments where I thought, man, this sucks. You you may be in life right now in a moment where you think this sucks. Where you thought, maybe this apprenticeship to Jesus isn't what I signed up for. I thought it was to pray a prayer and then go to be in heaven one day with Jesus, and in between, everything would be awesome. And you're stuck in this moment, and it's like, Life happens. I know people right now in this room are struggling with grief, whether that's loss loss of a loved one, maybe a relationship breakdown. There's people in this room that are struggling with their physical health, with their mental health, and, and it's like, Caleb, I thought I signed up to this apprenticeship, this discipleship journey for God, and I thought it was gonna be awesome. I thought everything would work out the way that I dreamed and the way that I prayed. Maybe you're in the room and you've lost your identity. It's like you don't even know who you are anymore. Maybe your finances haven't turned out the way you thought. Maybe you're in a faith crisis right now. You're like, that's it, I'll just go to church because that's what I do, but I don't even know if I believe this stuff anymore. Can I encourage you? Stay the course. (laughs) Don't give up. Our hardships actually give us an opportunity to grow our faith and to grow our depth in God so that we can have this experience that I believe one day will translate to others around us, that we have this depth, we have this stickability, we have this fruit of the Spirit called perseverance that we can get through. Emerald's a small town. It's only like five minutes, ten minutes from one side to the other, which is really good because no commute's long. I'd never lived in a place with a traffic light until I was about 18 or something when I moved from Emerald. Like, I used to get excited to see traffic lights. Like, Really? What were you on? They're the worst. But one of the bad things about it was that, well, the good thing, let me illustrate that first, was that we all you know, had different work eats, all that sort of stuff. We had radios in the work eats, you and know, the old two-way radios, and it was so small that you would never out a signal on the one channel, So, which is awesome. Five minutes drive across anywhere. It just meant, the really bad part about it was that it meant that if you weren't a first year apprentice, you never had to hop in a ceiling ever, because there was a first year apprentice less than five minutes away, somewhere in Emerald that could come to your assistance anytime you need. So that's my first year, being choked out, (laughs) emptying bins, getting yelled at, packing shelves, and the rest of the time was in the ceiling. Every job, like, why would you go on the ceiling if you had an apprentice five minutes away? It's like, and not only this, how good is this? I got paid $6.49 an hour to do this. (laughs) This is the best, like, this is awesome. This is so good. It's teaching me a lot. You may be in a tough time right now. But let me read you. This is literally probably one, if not maybe the two or three of my favorite scriptures of all time. Psalm 27, 13. I remain confident of this. I'm confident of this. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Life may be tough and that's totally okay, but I believe that I'm gonna see his goodness in the land of the living. This is not a someday faith that I put my hand up and I'm just waiting till that day that everything's made right and that I'm in the fullness of the presence and goodness of God How great that's gonna be, very good. But in the meantime, I'm gonna remain confident that I'm gonna see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love what Paul says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in me will complete it. He finishes what he starts. That's who our God is and it may feel like he's not finished yet. Can I encourage you, stay the course. Imagine what God is building in you. Imagine what God is building in you. Let me put up this screen here. This is Caleb Slatcher's progression of a tradesperson. It's got a three-step process. Can you see that? Well, it's small. All the guys under 30 can probably read that. All the people over that, I'll read it for you. Number one, the tradesperson does the job. While the apprentice observes. Step two. The apprentice does the job while the tradesperson observes ob- observes. Sorry. Number three. Apprentice now a tradesperson does the job and a new apprentice observes. This was the sort of the circle of the apprenticeship that I noticed. When I started my apprenticeship, I was doing a lot of watching, a lot of crawling through ceilings, a lot of Blame jobs, to be honest. But then it kind of got to a thing where my tradesman let me do the work while he watched. He said, nah, slats, don't do that. Do this, do that. Fix this, do that. And then it progressed to another step later on in my apprenticeship when I became a tradesman and I had an apprentice with me and I went from being the person that was watching while they did it to being the person that was doing it while they watched to the person doing it and showing someone else how to do this thing. The scariest bit of apprenticeship wasn't the apprenticeship. It was day one when you're not an apprentice anymore. And you're supposed to know what, you, you, you're supposed to, know what to do. I remember the first day, I was like, yes, I graduated. I, went, I, I left sort of in, working in town, domestic electrician. I became uh, like a, at a sugar mill, like an industrial electrician. And I, I was shift electrician. That was it. I'm trying to think how old I was. 21, I think. 21, 22. And I was supposed to know it all this multi-million dollar plant, you are the one person that's responsible for all the electrical things here. Do you know how much I knew, like percentage-wise? Like 2% out of this whole thing, I'm like, flip, just got to fake it till I make it here. And you le- But you learn more in your first weeks out of your apprenticeship than you ever did your whole apprenticeship, because all of a sudden, all the onus, all the responsibility is on me. What if this progression was also the progression of us in our faith with God? That I am where I am tonight because I had a young person that was a couple years older than me that believed in me. And he called, he said, Caleb, there's a call of God in your life. This is what a Christian looks like. This is how to read your Bible. This is how to pray. You know what, you can rely on my faith. You can observe my life while I live it because this is what I think a Christian looks like. And then it got to the point where I was walking in my own Christianity and this is what I look like. And that person would be like, hey, how are you going with this? Have you been reading your Bible? Yeah, are you growing in your faith? And I'm like, yeah, I think so, I am. And then it got to a point where I was a Christian, where <laughs> I knew what I knew and I, don't, I still don't know it all, don't get me wrong, but then it was all of a sudden that I wanted to get someone else in my world. I wanted my friends at school and I, I wanted the people around me to experience God that I did. So I started inviting them, hey, come. Man, I've experienced something. At youth ministry, I've experienced something at church and this is who I am now. Man, observe my life while I live it and then one day, And that was the progression. It was this three-step process of that's what discipleship was to me. It was like an apprenticeship. Paul says this crazy statement. He says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Who could honestly say that tonight? I'd be a bit nervous. How about you? I'd be a bit reluctant. I'd be a bit hesitant to say that about every season that I come through. Another thing I noticed about my apprenticeship was that there, there came a time where I had to be profitable. I, I'll try and help you understand what I'm trying to go through. I hope this comes across, but as a first year, yeah, it might have been good to sweep the workshop. But when you have to start paying someone more than $6.49, they actually need to be profitable for the business. They actually need a, add value to the team. They need to do something. They need to make something of themselves. And as Christians, can I encourage us? We have a whole world. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying that I never wanna be someone that graduates from sleep in the workshop. And I will serve in church till I'm dead. That's a given. If I see a bin, man, I'm on it. Because that's the ownership and the love that I have for this house and the house of God, because that's what the church is. But you know what? There comes a time where I wanna change our world outside of here. Well, I wanna be profitable for God, where I say, God, I am so thankful for the opportunity that you've given me. God, give me an opportunity. Show me, Lord, people in my life. Show me something outside of my little bubble and my little huddle, God. Help me to influence a life for you. Just like Jess's story tonight. There comes a time we have to be profitable. There comes a time in all of our lives we have to step out of home, maybe we have to walk out of the classroom, step out of the workshop, walk through the doors of church and make something of our lives. If we don't, we'll never become tradespeople. We'll never become true disciples. We'll kind of be those people that just kind of hang, hung around Jesus. Like the rich young ruler that you know, went away sad because he wasn't willing to give up all that he had and all that he wanted to follow Jesus. The other disciples would leave everything to follow him. The other thing working in a trade taught me is this. It taught me that work only continues as long as someone is willing to pay the cost. Work only continues as long as someone is willing to pay the cost. An example I don't know. I need to fix this lectern here. This perspex has actually got a bit of a crack in it, assumingly from youth. They'll blame the women. They will blame the women's ministry, but it's definitely from youth. I won't tell them what happened to the old pulpit. Dan, you're safe. Pastor Byron probably doesn't even know it's not behind that black wall anymore. Awkward. But Owen here, on the second row, Caleb, I need my pulpit fixed. I come around to fix his pulpit. The moment he says, hey, how long are you taking on that? I'm not paying you all day to work on this pulpit. I'm out of there. The work stops. When the owner of the building stops paying the progress payments to their builder. Man, the builders aren't sending the subcontractors around then the next day to continue to progress the building process because if they're not getting paid, they're not working. What about in our lives? There's cost attached to everything and in our spiritual apprenticeship, we get to a place where we say, you know what? The pain and the cost of moving forward is actually more than my flesh is willing to pay. So the building of a life in Christ stops. It never progresses. And we as Christians are stuck in this thing where this is, why we're, this is why we can't stand the test of time because we're not willing to pay the price and the cost to advance to the next level. An example of this is Jesus himself, when he's in the garden, he says, hey, Father. He's a, he knows what he's about to go through. He says, hey, if it's possible, God, Dad, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, yours. Jesus is crucified on a cross and he says, Father, forgive them. Then I don't know what they're doing. Which just opens up so many questions. That Jesus, the Son of God, who is part God, part of the Trinity, fully God, fully man, can pray for something and understand that some things are bigger than our own personal desires. Some things are better than, going, than stopping the short-term pain for the long-term gain. He was fully in the will of God, yet had to go through pain and suffering for us. What's holding us back? What pain have we said no to that's holding us back from becoming a tradesperson in that specific field? What is it? Maybe it's unforgiveness. Before I talk about this, I need a disclaimer on this one because the conversation I had broke my heart this week. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. So I'm not talking about trust right now, I'm talking about forgiveness. (laughs) But the point that I stop and say, you know what, that's it. I'm not forgiving that person. We're actually stopping this process of this God journey for our heart. Maybe we're angry and we like it. (laughs) And we wanna hold on to that anger because it started off as a righteous anger and started off as something good. It started off because they were in the wrong, yet maybe that's holding us back from going forward to what God has for us. If we're not willing to pay the cost and deal with that, we will never become finished, completed, whole in Christ this side of eternity. It just won't happen. What costs have we been avoiding? Can I encourage us, apprentices of Jesus, (laughs) go all the way. I find Christianity so challenging right now. I feel like it was easier when I was younger. Can I get any amens on that? It was like easy, it was like the person on stage said it, I loved it, I jumped up and down in the fast songs, I lifted my hands in the slow songs. I experienced God and that was it. It was simple, but the longer I journey with God, the more I realize that it's confronting because I can't stay the same Caleb I used to be anymore. Our world is shifting so fast and I'm saying, God, where are you in this? Holy Spirit, can you lead me and can you prompt me every day? Holy Spirit, if I've got opinions and conclusions that aren't from you, God, would you just break down some walls in my mind? God, I'm willing to unlearn some things so that I can move forward into all that you have for me. Christianity is not easy, but it's so good. And it's not until we get to a place where we start to ask these questions that we say, hey God, you know what? I need you more than I ever did before. You were a great idea back then, but I'm realising that you're a great companion now. What would it look like if we were apprentices of Jesus that got up every day and said, hey God, Today is a gift from you. Holy Spirit, I give you full opportunity to speak through me, to minister to every part of my life. Holy Spirit, guide my thoughts. Anything that isn't of you, I'm gonna try and reject today. I'm gonna walk in all that you have for me. Quickly, I'll go through the application is this. Number one, the first thing we have to do is we have to enroll as an apprentice of Jesus. For me as a young person, it looked like praying a prayer. I came down the front of a meeting and I said, hey God, I'm just blown away that you're real. Let's do life together. Step one was that I enrolled in apprenticeship with Jesus. Step two was I started working with him daily. I started opening my Bible. I started to pray. I started to attend church. I found a mentor or a tradesperson to stick with the theme. They spoke into my life. I ask to be prompted by the Holy Spirit. But then step three, I think this is where a lot of us are tonight. We need a higher and apprentice. We need to find someone in our world. Hey, this is great, man. This is awesome. I'm enjoying my relationship with God. I've learned some perseverance along the way. You've brought me through so much. God, I'm confident that I'll see your goodness in the land of the living, but I don't want this just for me anymore. I'm not happy with being in and everyone else being out. I'm not happy with experiencing this and celebrating the wins and the highs and riding the roller coaster of you and not sharing it with someone else. There's moments all around us to equip others. Let's pray. God, I just pray that something that I spoke about tonight, God, that it would have drawn us closer to you. God, I just pray over anyone in this room, God, that wants to start a journey with you tonight. I just pray that you would minister to their heart right now. And God, that you would give them the boldness to come and have a conversation with me after. God, I pray for those of us, God, that are going through trials right now, where life feels like it's hard and, and it, it feels like it wasn't what they thought it would be. God, I just pray, Lord, that they would find you in their midst of their pain, in the midst of their suffering, just like Jesus did on that cross, we pray. And God, I pray for the rest of us, God, that we would see the potential in others in our world. And God, that we would genuinely want the goodness of you, not just for ourselves, but for them as well. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Why don't you come, back?